The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. We're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. And sitting across the table instead of across the phone line is Aaron Bertels with Water Street Solutions. Let's look at the markets because what we see, the, the nice numbers that we saw in the wheat today, it's kind of been a mixed hit and go on the soybeans and the corn as well. But that planting progress, as you talked, has been kind of the hot topic with anybody wondering where we're at, where we're going to be, and how do you market with it? It is and it isn't. I mean, the trade's not paying as much attention to it as a lot of people would like. Uh, we're obviously well behind. You know, I saw a chart today on emergence uh, with where we are in emergence today versus where the, the closest one has been. And it's it's the, the biggest slap in the face to, to come to reality that you've seen in a while. It's 48, 45% versus, you know, 72 being the next closest at this point as of june the second so we're just so far behind on this front but the trades kind of looked at this as okay we'll give you the acres we understand that there's going to be a lot of acres that aren't planted um the emergence comes more to the issue of what kind of crop are we going to have out of the acres that do get planted the reason they don't really care about the acres is because south america ukraine those places are bringing a lot more bushels to the table this year than they would have brought last year that kind of fills that acre void up to almost 8 million acres at a 176 yield is about what extra they have in crop from what they had last year. So now you move on to the conversation about yield, right? And nobody's really willing to give an inch on this. Right. You know, the people who think that you can still grow a good crop, um, putting it in after, you know, June the 2nd or anytime after June, and by a good crop, I mean, don't expect huge declines, right? There's that camp that says, prove it to me, right? You've You've told me you aren't going to grow yield before, and then all of a sudden we end up with a record yield. I'm not going to believe you until you prove it to me. And then there's the other side, you know, the producer or the ag- agronomist or whoever that just looks at science, you know, and says at this point, uh, there's no way we can grow a trend line yield or anything even close to it. And every day we go further down the road, that percentage of decline grows. And those team, two sides are never going to agree, no matter what report comes out, no matter what happens. It's going to come down to the end of what actually comes out of the field. Prevent plant has been one of those uh, keywords that we keep hearing pop up from producers. And we know that the, the negotiations with insurance companies, wa- folks in Washington want to see those planting dates extended. But the insur- it's a contract between an insurance company and that grower. And it sounds like there's no wiggle room. So that, again, puts these producers in a tight spot. It does. You wish they would have never come out with anything ahead of this just because there wouldn't be these question marks because they've obviously turned around now and decided they kind of wish they hadn't and haven't really said much since that point. And I think it did come down to they didn't really think it would be pushed out this far as far as planting pace goes. I'm sure they just like everybody else thought at some point we'd get an open window and be able to get this in, but that's not what's happened. So now nobody really has any answers. They have kind of given you some thoughts that, yes, we can't include the preventative planting in this, but there may be some other routes that we will be able to help preventative planted acres you know so please do what you would ordinarily do right they've come out and said some statements like that and at some point you just get to where you're going to do whatever you can do right the the farmer inevitably wants to plant a crop they always do this Mm -hmm. is what they do they want to put a crop in the ground 
if they think they can put a crop in the ground and still get a decent yield out of it, they're going to do it. So that varies based on state. It's going to vary based on, you know, whether you're South Dakota, whether you're Illinois. You're getting far enough now in a place like South Dakota that to put a whole lot in after this date um, is really going to be touch and go for them um, as far as having any chance, right? But there's places, you know, like Illinois, Indiana, those places that could still have a chance. And I think producers are going to want to do that. I don't know that they're going to look as close at some of these payments or the possibilities of them so much as they just want to plant. They want to get a crop in the ground and they want to have a chance and they're going to be optimistic they're going to get that chance and they're going to be optimistic they're going to get a price that's going to give them a chance to make some money. Aaron, though, at what point does the soybean market say, okay, corn, step away, we're going to try to get something in the ground, even though they too are starting to butt up against getting too late to plant? Yeah, you've got a little time left on soybeans, obviously. We've all seen soybeans get planted pretty late and do pretty Mm -hmm. good. It just depends on weather from that point on. But I think it's the same conversation. I mean, farmers want to plant. So if they if they get to a point where they think that they can't grow the corn crop that they want to grow or if it's just pointless in their mind to try to put that in, then their next step is going to be to switch to beans in a lot of those areas. But that might be the tipping point. That might be where the conversation comes in and they start to think about preventative planting versus switching. Um, there's just not a lot of good numbers out there to think about for soybeans at this point. And the financial side of it, because you've got those input costs already in place for many Exactly. Yes. So you have to try to decide what's going to give you the best, you know, drive for your bottom line. And with all those things we don't know about the MFP payment, um, preventative planting doesn't really do that for you if you've, you know, put any money into that crop at all at that point. So that's the point where you you also have to think about, okay, if I get a 20% drop in yield because I'm planting it at this point in time, is that going to be worth putting this in the ground? What is my insurance going to do if I get a 20% drop in yield at this point? Uh, versus prevent plant or just planting it and, and getting an insurance payment at the end of the year. We've seen a little bit of market reaction, but not a lot of chit-chatter yet. When is that going to hit us, and are we going to see numbers go up because of it? I think that you're going to see this market be a slow um, grinder more so than anything. Uh, we had our chance to have that initial explosion. We got one, but it wasn't what people thought it might be just because of how far behind we are and the fact that we haven't really even solved that problem yet, right? We're not planted still, mm-hmm. and we're still going down this road. So I think you're into the yield argument now, right? And that's a slow argument. Now, I do think the next time that you go up, it will be a little bit quicker because we got a, there was a lot of selling going on in that, that initial rally. There was a lot to be sold, and that's been sold now. And so you're not going to have quite as many sellers on the next way up. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more to come and talk about the upcoming reports, the battle of the yields, as, as you heard Aaron talking about, and, of course, as well, looking what's happening on the livestock front. Stick around. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Aaron Bertles joins us from Water Street Solutions. We left off. Let's talk about the upcoming reports. How, I mean, with everything that's going on with these numbers, and we always have had in the past, I say we, but I mean producers have questioned sometimes these report numbers. Are we going to see more questioning as these numbers come out? I think you're going to see some of the biggest question marks we've had ever, just because we are in a historic year. You know, this is a year where we've never seen anything close to this as far as planting pace, as far as emergence. Um, their normal ways of gathering information are, right. are going to be tough to hold up in this environment. So I would expect to be disappointed 
you know, on whatever you think may come out in these. This next report as of Tuesday is normal supply demand. So we know that uh, demand is not great, right? And that uh, overall supply, at least short term, is very strong. Uh, so we're not going to get a lot of it, it. It leaves it very difficult for that report to be friendly. It just depends on what the market's expectations already are going into that time frame. You go to the end of the month and the, the plantings report, um, most of the information for preventative plants not gathered until at least July 15th, if not after that. So I doubt there's going to be a lot of stuff in there about that. I, judging by their history, I doubt they're going to want to try to guess about that. They don't typically like to do that. So it's going to be more about flooded out acres and some of those things up front that they can see, which generally we end up disappointed on. Mm -hmm. You know, It's just something that doesn't come to fruition until way later in the game. So I think this will just be slowly developing in some of these reports. It's going to depend on expectations going into them. But you would hope that if they come out in, in this report with something like a 176 yield, which is what they had in the last report, you'd hope people would kind of acknowledge that that's a kick the can down the road kind of sentiment. Like, we're not ready. We don't have enough corn emerged to have even a good idea of what conditions are on most of the crop. Because if it's not emerged, they can't have a condition rating. So... You would hope that there's some common sense that goes into some of this, but that will depend upon the buildup going in and what the expectations are each time. Speaking of expectations, I don't remember in a long time this much pressure put on every Monday afternoon's crop progress report. I mean, there was that big anticipation of 70%, which we know we fell short of. So we got some good, hopefully some decent planting progress opportunities in the next couple of days. But this pressure, is this going to be like this, this entire report? every monday from here till harvest i think as far as planting pace goes you're kind of past that now they showed us that in this last report where it was behind four points behind what they expected we went up that night but then by the time you came in in the morning no big deal anymore right okay. so the acres part to me seems like it's it's just about to the end of this now you're going to move on though to the the condition ratings which are they going to care or are they not we've seen in the past that condition ratings have not really correlated to final yield right it's a gauge it's not in any way is supposed to be if condition ratings are good then yield is good that's just not really the way it works it's a gauge um you would expect them to be pretty poor maybe the poorest we've ever seen but again this is expectations and you don't want to put that on the marketplace because it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a good crop or a bad crop and it's way too early to tell those kind of things so this goes back to the the argument that people are going to be having all summer long whether we you know the starting point for this crop was detrimental enough that whatever weather you have from this point on doesn't matter because we're going to have a yield decline because of how late 40% of this crop went into the ground. That's what they're going to be arguing about. Now, if you have poor weather as we move forward, then you start to shift it more to the side of yield is going to be going down. But if you have decent weather from this point on, then it just comes back to if we started off poor, does that mean we, we have to have a poor crop? And that's going to be a big argument. So how is this argument affecting the livestock side? I don't know that it's affecting it a whole lot except for, you know, obviously feed supplies and some of the stuff that we've seen. I think livestock is more impacted right now by the bigger picture issues that have kind of taken a back seat for grains, you know, like the fact that we don't have a deal with China, the fact that we're trying to work through stuff with Mexico right now before tariffs go into place mm -hmm. on the 10th. So that to me is what's kind of holding the livestock in place, plus the fact that the weather just hasn't been really conducive to heavy grilling and, and a good portion of the nation. And the forecast from here on out doesn't really look good for that. So it's, it's demand that they're afraid you just won't get back 
right? Because you've already missed a good window of the beginning part of, of what would be a good demand season and a time where you typically come off your lows. And I think you would have still done that had we not had this Mexico thing looming over us over these last couple of days. And if that gets put into place, it's going to be tough to imagine that we're just going to go up from here on livestock. We've had such volatility in this cattle market. Makes it hard for these guys in the feedlots to do some serious marketing. Oh, for sure. And, you know, at this point, if you hadn't done it, you probably haven't done much. You know, we've had a pretty significant drop. The problem still in that market, too, and in hogs, is that the funds are still long. So you'd like to say that we found a bottom here, but there's certainly room and an avenue for that market to go down more because of the length that they have in the market, uh, especially with worldwide issues that give them some concern. Sounds good, Aaron. What's the best way for our producers to get a hold of you? Yeah, just give me a call at 309-680-1271 or email me at abertles at waterstreetconsulting.com. All right, thanks so much. Of course, we're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers as well. The Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.